Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Chips and Bits podcast. I'm Kenny Myers, and with me, unfortunately, as always, is... Matthew Anderson. Hey, Matt Nader, welcome to the podcast. Don't ever call me that again. Okay, that's going to stick now. All right, just a quick little uh, few notes up front. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash chips and bits. That's one word, chips and bits. And then our website is chips-and-bits.com where you can get links to iTunes to review us, Facebook to like us, and Twitter to yell racist comments at us. Yeah, those are our favorite. Yeah, those are, please, if you can. Um, we love that. It's a garbage It's a garbage dump. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else, Matt? No, no, I'm proud of you. I think M- you got them all. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great. Let's start the podcast. Okay. You weren't supposed to talk. Sorry. It's kind of my job. <laughs> that very planned and long musical <clears throat> introduction. Matthew, yes. today we are talking about The Division de- Deuce. Yep. Which we did originally review The Division on our site, I believe. We did, yep. And what would you say, if you could summarize our review of The Division 1, what would you say? If I remember correctly, I think you hated The Division. And I really wanted to like The Division. Uh, it tried its very best to make me hate it uh, and ended up liking it okay in spite of it trying really hard to make me hate it. Now, just to be clear, this is before they did a ton of updates to it. This That's was like true. three months after it released, so nobody was playing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we didn't play it after the updates because we were so fucking bored by the end because it just right. felt like a, like a useless grind. Yep. That we were like, this could be cooler. And the levels got less interesting as time went along, too. They did, yeah. But that, you know, when you're in a city like New York, there's not a lot of interesting things there. That's true. Yeah, so fortunately, they relocated the uh, the Division 2 to a much more cinematic area. Way more interesting. And that is Washington, D.C. <laughs> Lots more to do there. Yeah. In Washington, D.C. than New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Made by a different company, the company that actually revived the first game. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who did all the bonus content that Matt and I were all of a sudden surprised that people started playing The Division. Yeah. Which is funny, because now we're in this weird cycle with these kind of games where, like, they release, nobody likes them, somebody develops content, eventually they get a huge following. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like happened. the cycle of these games now. Yeah. And The Division 2, however... Kind of broke the cycle a little bit. It did. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I've been talking quite a bit. Why don't you talk a little bit about your feelings on The Division 2? I think if I were to... um, I think the way I would review The Division 2 is I would say it's like The Division 1, except it's better. And that's about the best thing I can say about it. Hey, cool review, guy. Yeah. How about you go into a little more details (laughs) about that? Um, so they, they basically did everything that I needed them to do 
to make the game enjoyable for me to play it. Wonderful. Another intentionally vague review. What things specifically did they change? So they, they toned down the graphics a little bit. Toned so, down? Yeah, it's not as... Um, atmospherically, it's not as impressive as the first game. I disagree. It's, you know, you don't get, like, snowfall in Brooklyn. Uh, you don't get uh, some of the same mirror or reflection effects that you got in the first game. Um, they have more stuff. They, they have stuck to one, like, season, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's all of DC kind of has a vibe. Um, there's some, if we end up talking about the Dark Zones, who knows? The Dark Zones are very unique. All, all the different Dark Zones oh, have their shit. own vibe. Um, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't go into a dark zone. Oh, well, it's too bad. They're one of the more interesting parts of the game. So if that's something that interests you, then don't take my review as like a... Yeah. It's missing that piece. But they're like, they're not what we technically consider the game in our podcast. Technically, we consider these games, even though this may seem ridiculous to you, the completion of the campaign. Yeah. That is our definition of done. So, you know, DC, the, the single-player campaign, uh, that's got its own vibe kind of no matter where you're at. And then each of the Dark Zones sort of have their own different vibe. Um, but, I, but I felt that, like, atmospherically at least, and maybe it was just that I'd already experienced their take on it, but I remember feeling very wowed for a long time uh, when we first started the original Division just because of how uh, uniquely atmospheric and vibey uh, the first game was. And I, you didn't really get that in this one. Other than that, all the little nitpicky things that I had about the first one were mostly gone. Um, the weapons still sound like crap, uh, so that sucks. But the uh, modding system, the shooting mechanics, the cover mechanics, the going from place to place uh, without anything in between, all the stuff that was sort of boring and grindy, uh, even to a certain extent, but not perfectly, the bullet sponginess of the enemies. Uh, was fixed in the Division 2. That stuff is better, uh, and or doesn't exist entirely. And then they've added some neat things like uh, the specializations of the trees and how you improve your class and your weapons. And then I have no idea, because we haven't talked about where you got as far as the end game and how far you've gone past that, but effectively it's like the game ends and then what they consider to be what would typically be the grindy game starts at the end of the game. And it's one of the more interesting interpretations of it that I've experienced in this style of game. So that was enough fun to get me to keep going, too. Uh, uh, to answer yeah. your question, I walked around for, like, five minutes after I beat the campaign. Cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, robot dogs. Does that help you a little bit more with some of my review? Yeah. I, I'm basically just – I'm trying to talk as much as possible so that I can just wait for what I know is going to be your review, which is that interesting. you hated this game. I didn't hate this game. You wish you didn't have to play it. I am fine with the fact that I played it. Uh, it's just as bad as the first one. It's way better than the first one by, oh, a, okay, good. by a mile. All right. Well, then I'm, I'm, let's hear your review. Well, I thought the cover mechanics, and still are, I still, still think it's one of the better cover mechanic systems. I'm pretty sure it's Gears cover mechanic system. That's why. Um, it's like yeah. hit A to the wall and then hit A to go to the next wall, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like how they did the, uh, in this one, the way that they handle how you pop in and out based on just firing, I thought was really cool. So you don't have to technically aim. Like the way that they did the difference yeah. between aiming and, and blind firing, uh, I thought was interesting, especially when guys get up close to you. So, uh, interestingly enough, the Division 1 was a game Matt wanted to play and I didn't want to play. Yep. And Matt pulled us into it, myself and my brother. And by the end of it, we just fucking hated it. Yeah, I thought I was going to be murdered. 
Like we were, we were just like, it just felt like our time was being sucked up. And you know how Matt, you know how precious you are about your time in video games. Yes. Very, very precious. Yep. That's how we felt for the first time ever. Uh, and then the second game, I was like, Hey, I played this at, uh, PAX last year. We should, we should play it. And Matt was like, I'm not sure. (laughs) And I was like, no, we should play it. Like it was super, it felt really good to play. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact though that that was actually end game, really content that I was That's playing. Funny. Um, so we get a group of four people together. It's, you can play four player games, mm-hmm. and we go through about I want to say maybe half of the story together. A third, yeah. And by the end of it, I'm just like I don't want to. I don't want to play the division yeah. two with you guys. I'm done. Literally tapped out. I'm like I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. I wanted. Uh, what game was I playing? I was playing a game that I really was enjoying. And I was like, ah, fuck this. I can't this. remember. What would it have been? Ah, there's so many Zakiro that I played. or something? Uh, wait, did this come out? I yeah, it was Sekiro. Yeah. Oh, man, Sekiro. We'll never talk about that game, but it's nope. probably one of the best games I've ever played. Um, the, I drop out, uh, and I'm like, I'm done. But we had it on the podcast slate for this, uh, for this year. Mm-hmm. And Matt kept playing it, which means that he kept enjoying it. I mean, not necessarily. I'm, I'm pretty much. If you finished the requirements for the podcast and you're still playing a game, it means you enjoyed it. But I hadn't finished it up at that point. I finished it through, you know, to campaign. And to be fair to my friend Matt, I was like, I will go through this entire game. Mm-hmm. And I did last month. I, I actually started a new character but then got so bored in the middle, I switched to my <laughs> old character, which was like a couple missions later. Uh, and then I just started really like having a love-hate relationship with the game. Some of the missions would just end in like the most fun firefights I've had in games. Mm-hmm. Like I'm running around corners and covers, throwing like my turret out to fight and kill people. While I'm then, I kind of settled on two mechanics. One is a turret, and the other is the there's a bomb you can throw that like spreads out and attacks people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a multi bomb. You throw it, and then it home. It's like a multi explodes into many bombs, and it homes in on people. Yeah. And I started really enjoying the missions, and I realized that I don't like playing the single portion, single player portions of these type of games, be it Destiny, this or that, with people, because I like to know what's going on. And in a group of four people, you don't really get to like you, you're at the whims of the group, and people are talking over what's happening, and then you know there's all this stuff. Interesting. And so I recognized something that I actually want to go back and play Destiny two all the way through, and then. Uh, I mean, it's a short game. It's not, okay. it's not a yeah, long sure. game. And then, you know, then it'd be different. Like, I feel like Endgame stuff would be different, or Dark Zone stuff would be different with uh, Jez and Matt. Jez is our other player. Uh, his name's Jeremy. I don't know why. He might goes by the nickname oh. Jez. But so you're a European yeah, it's, a Euro, it's an English thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I actually, like, really, like, by the end of it, I was just having a lot of fun playing all the missions like i i almost freed every area like i just i just had a lot of fun it was so much more fun to me to be i don't know and maybe like when i was in the group maybe there was a game in between that taught me to be a little better because usually in these games when there's four of us i'm just like ah they'll just revive me i'll just fucking charge 
Yeah. I mean, you did do that. You were a shotgunner with, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the shotguns are so much better in this they game, are, too. Really, the shotguns, the, the shotguns in the first, first one were just, like, useless. In this game, it feels like you're fucking killing people. Yeah. So my loadout was an assault rifle and a shotgun. Yep. Okay. And then I had the turret and the bomb. So I essentially would just, like, I'd be, like, a medium player. Like, mm -hmm. I would just be, like, the, I wouldn't be tanky. I wouldn't be snipery. Uh, yeah. And I just had, I had so much fun with it. And I really wanted to go in the dark zone to see what it was like, but I didn't, and I failed. But, you know, life gets in the way. That's why this podcast had to get pushed out. Oh, I'm like, I'm so surprised. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I, I mean... Because, I mean, like, part of what it was for me is that, like, like I said, they, they, did, they definitely did enough in this game, at least from the mechanics and the pace, that uh, it's, it's enjoyable. There's still, like, I could lay... Dozens uh, the of story gripes. is shit. The character yeah, animations are real awful. Bad. Real Just awful. Bad. The story's so shitty. There's at least one semblance of a villain that's interesting. Yeah. Which is the military guy, who's the last guy you fight. But the face models are just, it, it boggles my mind how they got a game environment, a world environment at that level yeah. of detail. And then it looks like you're talking to puppets. I mean, just like faces are so hard, though. That's really just, but just like that's what we use. That's what we use to communicate with people. Like we sense the 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 smallest of details that makes the uncanny and the fact Valley that your big. character still doesn't talk. Uh, is right. So I just hate it. I don't how mind hard would that talking. Have been? You know how many hours and hours of dialogue they recorded for all the sub characters that just aren't even just like person on this. Hey, agent. I mean, they recorded so much audio. I know. And my character can't even say okay or cool or I'll take care of it. They just like look at you and like nod and walk out of the room. Can you imagine having to write around that too? Like no. being like, and then they say, "All right." They just are constantly like, "Well, we just order you around." I guess <laughs> we don't ask for your input. But yeah, it is funny to me because the thing that kept me. The, the thing I found most interesting was that the game, they, they polished off enough of the, the smaller mechanics in the game, but they, what, to, you know, what I think they did the best job at in this game was allowing you enough freedom to, to sort of pick how you wanted to play a certain character. Yeah. Um, that over time, you start to sort of, uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? You narrow in on something that, that you like to play. Yeah, but before even the specialization takes place, which doesn't happen until the end of the game. Right. Which I actually thought was, like, I really wish it was a class-based game. I think that makes multiplayer, like, single-player components really interesting. Yeah. So, yes. Also, I think I really liked the aspect that I was literally just describing, which is, like, without the actual focus specialization, you still, with a group of people found yourself having to pick, okay, well, who wants to be the person that's carrying all the extra health packs or can right. do the healing? So you'd already sort of organically organized around, like, who wanted to do what. So by the time the specialization tree came up, it was like, well, obviously, I'll pick this one and you pick that one. Um, and so it, you know, it still worked out. But having the social mechanic of eventually getting into strategy, which is a part that I didn't get to play with you at all, because you, when you were playing with... Uh, um, the rest of us, we were just sort of like figuring things out. <laughs> we were just, firefights would start and we'd all just shoot. Right. Uh, and then someone would die and we'd revive. But by the time you had left, I mean, very quickly after that, we started realizing, well, this is when you should use grenades and this is how you should flank enemies and here's how you should actually approach these battles. And we would start calling out, you know, strategies to each other. Okay, well, you've got the honing grenades, so send those over to the huge pack on the right, all flank to the left. We actually started strategizing and it became really fun. Yeah, I mean, I had a, that learning scale too, but solo. Like, I had to learn, like, 
okay, I can take out a group of four enemies with this grenades. Like, I can throw them that way, and then I can set the turret up here. Like, uh, similar things. I just had to learn how to do it on a smaller scale. Yeah. Which, again, the multiplayer aspect, obviously that's a big part of this game. I just I just found it more appealing without you guys. It was huh. just way more fun. I guess we'll try not to take it personally, but, you know. I think you should take it personally. Um, yeah. The mechanics of this game, similar to the mechanics of a game like Destiny, are perfect. Like, Destiny's easily the best, like, first-person shooter in terms of how it feels to shoot mm -hmm. that you, I've ever played. Yeah, so I think... I and mean, I think this is, cover shooter-wise, Division 2 may be one of the best cover shooters mechanically I've ever played. There were very few times where I, like, accidentally stepped out of cover. Yes. Um, it felt... Like, like cover was appreciated. Like it was, if you just ran yourself, mm -hmm. you would get shot. But if you use the cover mechanics and like use cover their cover, yeah, yeah, it you, it felt like it was rewarded. Yeah, um, you have to move because the AI is pretty it's good. Pretty good. At, at yeah. Like, yeah, it's and that's really good. good. They're really good at flanking you in the end too. Yeah. Um, and that made it a lot more dynamic. But also, you were rewarded for you know uh, playing it a little safer. Mm -hmm. There were even some subtle things. Again, going back to the how much dialogue they wrote. There were some subtle things they did with the AI in which, you know, you would have just moved. You'd, you'd think you'd had the battlefield sort of scoped out. You would have just moved into cover, and you're thinking, okay, should I place my turret here? What should I do? And you're about to engage, and you'd hear somebody say, I'm flanking them to the left. Yeah. And you'd be like, that's funny. And then you'd look to the left, and literally there'd be a guy flanking you to the left, yeah. about to set up a turret and fire right at you. And I was like, wow, it's just like tiny little things like that that sort of made it seem a little bit more cohesive, which was fun, too. And the enemy variety was good enough. I never felt like... I mean, I knew that they wouldn't have a lot of options, but I felt like they introduced the right different types at different times in a battle. Yeah. Um, like, the sequence of things would be really compelling strategically versus, like, introducing a ton of new player types. Yeah, I think uh, if I was going to pick a place to, like, throw shade at the uh, mechanics, it would be... Uh, with the cooldown and sort of the skill system. The skills they added to the game are awesome. Like, all the different things you can choose to sort of specialize your character are both fun to use, and they're interesting different skills. But they all have a very, very unique way of operating. Like, grenades and turrets and certain things can be dropped or put on top of something or thrown. And it's just a difference of how you hold down a trigger button as far as how that gets done. And then you... And they also... Uh, changed some of those very significantly between the beta launch and then two weeks later. Yeah. So you'd have just figured out how to use this skill and then they completely changed how the button trigger works and you'd fuck up all the time and accidentally drop a turret on the ground behind a box. <laughs> it was like the the one that hit me the most was they, they have a gas gun. Uh and it used to be like you would hold down the trigger and then you aim it. Yeah. But now you like it's like you it's like a toggle like you toggle into Instant, it and then yeah. you mm -hmm. aim it and that happened between like week two and week four yeah and it was immediately like uh, like I hated it yeah like, it was like I much preferred down was like, up and up was down I, was I like, much what? preferred using it like a grenade which way, way made way more sense to me yeah and the other thing the one thing that they changed even further on was um, so at the very end of the game uh, you've heard us talk about unlocking these specializations the one that I chose comes with this explosive crossbow very hey, that's the one i chose very gears of war style um kenny probably didn't even experience this because of when he got that at the game when i first unlocked it when they first played the game 
it worked almost exactly like the Gears of War arc bow, where you would aim, and when you started firing, it would have this like arc thing that would come up, and eventually you would wait for it to hit the enemy, and then you'd release, and it would fire, and it was amazing. And I played with that for maybe three days and got used to it. And then the next time I came in, they changed it so that it was aim, and then you pull the trigger, and it fires, and it's just a delay. Yeah. And I was... Because not only had I used it, but it was very similar to the Gears of War, and I immediately programmed that path in my brain. It yeah. took me about two weeks to undo that and figure out how to use the weapon again. Amazing. So that's the first the first area I would throw some shade. And the other one that I just briefly tapped on was, like, this. I still, there's something about the, the sound in the game, specifically about the weapons. Do you play it with headphones? I do. Yeah, I play it with headphones. Um... See, I don't play with headphones. I play with surround sound, and it sounds great. Yeah, I don't have a surround sound system. I, I mean, have... if they're doing flanking, and you, I mean, surround sound with flanking is super fun because you just hear like, like yeah, in well, your so back like, left. T- that stuff worked just fine to me. It's 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 literally just the sound of the weapons. You know, I've I've just I've played so many other um, specifically shooter games, and not even games that are shooters. They just happen to have weapons and guns in them. They're not actually shooter games. Yeah, and to me, the way that the like the, the the earthy or chunkiness feeling of the weapons seems a lot more big in yeah. those games. And in this one, almost every weapon still has that similar sort of like, I don't, it's not as bad as like a tin can effect, but it definitely sounds like, is that really what it sounds like to shoot out in the streets? Maybe, maybe it's less impressive. But to me, I just felt like they could have just faked that and like turned it up a notch. So I felt a little bit more, uh, like it had more weight. I mean, my sense is that they're probably the, how it really sounds, and we're just used to like right. they like they add a ton of reverb to right. like, yeah, like it, it to the be. gears of war bullet sounds yeah. and stuff like that. It totally could be, and if, it, if that was the case, I, I mean, they're you know. pretty focused on realism to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, another thing, I mean, I'll say this: the first one in Washington D.C. and New York, they, they really have some beautiful looking stuff there. They do. Yeah. This one felt easier to navigate. And let, had a lot more hidden secrets that were a lot more interesting. Yeah, this one, um, both, I think, combined with how, how they filled the world with, you know, like they, like they may have lost some of the ambiance and the, that I was mentioning before from the city of New York, but what they added was just stuff. And at first you're just like, wow, there is trash and garbage and boxes and shit everywhere. Yeah. And it's a little bit weird and overwhelming. But then um, it's lush though too. I mean, it's not just trash; it's like yeah, yeah, plants yeah. and like yeah. overgrowth. It's it's cool. Eventually, once you get used to it, they start to use that to a certain effect. Where like you'll start to you'll start to pick up on trends and patterns of like things stacked in a certain way, and you'd be like, oh, I wonder. There's probably guys back over here, and then you'll you know find guys back in an alleyway. Yeah, and it feels a lot more fun to explore in this game than it did in the like the New York one was just like cool. Like, yeah, it's it's. It's trash and it's alleyways. But in this one, it was more like, oh, there's like subways and like all these cool things I can go in like behind these fences and secret passages and secret things to open. So that part was fun. And then also, um, they sort of encouraged you to go off the beaten path in a little bit more of a natural sort of organic way by just how the random encounters on the streets happened between both enemies. But then also like once you've freed areas and where the missions are, yeah, you gain followers um, that will be paroling, uh, patrolling the streets and helping you out. I will never get sick of games that have base improvement mechanics. It's cool. They have it in this too. There's just something so oddly rewarding. And I just love it of, of building a, building out a base via achievement, various levels, The, the best, the first and really like, the one where nearest and dearest to my heart is Assassin's Creed 2. 
mm-hmm. when you built up the the city. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, but this is like simpler. It's much simpler than that. Like, but you just complete missions and it starts improving the district. And some of the improvements aren't like tangible benefits. They're just actually like yeah. They're like we got solar like panels. Civilizations moving forward, yeah. and it just the the mission the area becomes much more livable. But it's really I really love those aspects of games, and I thought that it was a nice. Although I would always want a more complex sure. mechanic, uh, it was it was a nice mechanic. It made it made doing like the missions, the story missions and stuff, more interesting than it was in the previous game. One of my um, w- one of my favorite uh, early experiences with this game that uh, I still remember was uh, we had probably only unlocked maybe two different bases, uh, and and help, like basically we we taken over control points and they can then sort of establish a base in that area. Yeah. And once you've secured a control point, um, friendly civilians who are armed will start defending that control point and taking yeah. supplies between it and the next base, and they'll be on the streets around that area. So it's a little bit safer. Doesn't mean enemies don't, you know, come down on the streets though. Right. And from time to time, you'll be heading from that control point or the base to a mission, and you'll encounter a, a band of enemies. Right. And if you're close enough to one of those areas that you've you've freed or helped. And there's there's friendly civilians around. They'll come rushing in to help you fight a yeah. firefight, and you know you're just so used to just shitty NPCs that you're just like, okay, whatever, who cares? Um, but I'm I'm sitting in this firefight, and I'm I'm pretty far back from uh, from the battle, and I've taken out you know four or five guys, and there's just one guy left, and I'm super low on health, and I've run out of health out, out of health packs, and your health will not refill until you are done with in, with an engagement. So I like switch to my sniper rifle and I'm like, okay. And I aim like all the way down the street to where there's the one enemy left and he's hiding behind a box and he's just, he's just not coming out. And I like miss him the first time. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I need this to be done. And right as I'm thinking, you know, this is so irritating. One of the friendly NPCs, he's like, he's camped up on like a balcony, comes like running out of the side of the screen, screaming like the enemies do. He's like, ah, and then like hits the guy over the head with a melee attack and kills him. I was like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate the AI in this game. It yeah, felt good. competent on both sides, and 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 especially playing single player, the uh, the support guys showing up were really really helpful. Oh yeah, like they'd come and uh, revive you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sometimes uh, I had this experience. It kind of works similar to a game like Dark Souls, where I would be in a mission and I would die. Mm-hmm. I could summon someone to come help yeah, me to come and get you. And ninety nine percent of the time, someone would come revive me, do an emoji. And then leave. And then leave. Yeah. And it was so help. It was yeah. so great. Uh-huh. Like, uh, because I still got to enjoy the mission by myself. Um, uh, but uh, they were just like they just like knew the rules. And then one time I got in a group that were like, "Hey, new guy, do this, do this," and I'm like, "Leave group." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to participate. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but no, I like the Division Two. I think it's a fun game. I don't know if I'd be interested in playing it with Gears Five coming out. We gotta do some horde mode. Well, so here's what I can say then. I can say that we should definitely at least go to a dark zone a night and get you in the dark zone. Okay. Because uh, the dark zones in the first game were fun, but they we're, need we were would, already the most interesting part of the division. We had the problem of everyone had stopped playing the game, so they were not populated. Yeah, they were just there, which just was empty. empty. Yeah. But we had the best experiences in the dark zone. So in this, it's kind of funny. They they sort of solve that problem in twofold. One. There are more dark zones, and they are more. They're Buried. smaller. They're yeah. much smaller. Got it. Um, so you only need it populated with fewer people in order for it to feel alive. Yeah. Um, but they also removed uh, 
the uh, what do you want to call it? The fear of running into someone that's so insanely overpowered. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to be as scared running around. Because they're leveled the same level. As yeah, there. they normalize all of the gear and the weapons and oh, everything. Oh, cool. Um, so if you find if, if if you just go in with two people, yeah, you already have an advantage. Oh, cool. Because two can go up against you know one pretty easy. Have you guys gotten killed by one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we we <laughs> just like an incredibly in fact, skilled. There player. were three of us in one night because Scott was there with yeah. with Jez and I. We all went. Scott in. is our imaginary friend. Yeah, and yeah, we we got we got wasted by one. One guy that's awesome. He was just really good. That's so impressive. Um, but yeah, it's 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 difficult to sort of without going into so much nerdy differences between the first game and the second game, um, illustrate how they made changes to the dark zones. But they were just so much more fun. Um, that's where a lot of the they spent a lot more attention, I think, because of the small environment on differences in the atmosphere. So like getting in there and it being like crazy dark and super awesome wind and rainstorms and just tons of volumetric fog and just yeah. awesome stuff. It's all in the dark zone. Um, and it feels very creepy to be running around in there. Um, it's also much easier for you to do something accidentally that makes you bad, makes you rogue. Oh, interesting. Um, so like there'll be times when you'll be walking through there and the first couple of times Jess and I went in there, we'd be like, oh, cool, there's a treasure chest. And you like go and open it. It's like, you're rogue. And it's like, oh, shit. So <laughs> and then it was like, I didn't know that. You know, yeah. So then we're like running around. And uh, unlike the first one where you can escape, you have to clear your rogue status to get out of the dark zone. Oh, cool. So you have to go through and you don't know what to do with the first time. So you have to run around following the map, finding these like secret computers that you can hack and you have to hack somewhere between seven and nine of them without getting caught to unlock the like secret rogue base that then you can go down into the sewers and then your status gets wiped out oh cool um so there's a lot of like running and feeling very scared that someone's going to find you and catch you that's awesome um i'll have to try it out our, i'll tell you really quick our best uh, best story from the dark zone we uh I think it was just Jez and I, so there's two of us. We go into the I dark mean, keep it quick, though. We're coming to 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. We go into the dark zone one night, and uh, longest story short, you're trying to gather these weapons, or anything, really, that is contaminated because it's a, a poison, toxic zone. And then you have to get it and evacuate it via a helicopter, and then you can get out. So we're collecting all this gear, and as we're doing that, um, you start to see on the map one of the differences. Is you can see when there's somebody else that's engaging in a fight somewhere in the dark zone. And you can choose, hey... Do we want to go over to where that's happening or not? So we choose to go over there. There's one guy fighting a bunch of enemies. We help him out. And when you come in close proximity with those people, they can automatically start talking. You can talk to them. So we start right. talking to this guy. He decides, hey, I'll join you guys. So now there's three of us. And we don't know who this person is. And that's always sketchy because they could be like playing tricks on you, right? Right. So we then are like, hey, we've collected enough gear. You want to come with us and do an evac? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we get to the evac site. We launch a helicopter. And enemies start coming from all over the place. We waste them all. And then he's like, cool, what do I do? And we're like, you got to go over to... So he doesn't, he's never been in the dark zone. So yeah. like, okay, go to the helicopter, attach your gear to it, and it'll you know, drop, get it out of there. And he's like, cool. Yeah. I go up, attach my gear. Jess goes up, attaches his gear. This guy goes up, and there's only a one-button difference between attach the gear and cut the rope and steal all the gear. Yeah. And so again, this guy like accidentally pushes the rogue action, yeah. and it's like, boom, you're rogue. And he's like, oh... What did I do? And we're like, sorry, dude, we got to kill you. <laughs> and he's like, what? Really? And we're like, yeah. And then we just wasted him and took all the gear and left. And it's just like stuff like that would happen all the time. They did a much better job with that sort of uh, mechanic. It was super fun. That's cool. Yep.
All right, so The Division 2, we recommend it. I, I can't believe it. Surprise. Surprise. Surprise, full of surprises. Yeah, play it. I mean, it was a slog in the middle there. I'll tell you that. There's a couple of slogs. There's a couple of, like, and that's, to me, it was helpful to have a friend. For Kenny, it was helpful to not have friends. So, you know, find out where you lie on that spectrum. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you have something that can pull you through, uh, I think, especially if you're into in-game content, there's so much cool stuff that happens after you beat, quote-unquote, beat this game uh, that makes it interesting and pretty compelling. But not for me. I got other games to play. Not for Kenny. Uh, that's it for today. I'll get him in the dark zone, though, and then yeah, I'll make him we'll tweet his, uh, his thoughts. I don't, have, I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, the uh, that's it. That's it for today. Yep. We th- we have one more podcast this season. No, two. We have one. Oh, two. two. We have two. Yeah, we have Control, which we're currently in the middle of playing, mm-hmm. and then uh, something about cowboys and sticks. Yep. Yeah, that'll be good. Next podcast will be good. Yep. Sometimes Matt and I preview each other's opinions because we're just usually with games we're too excited about. Uh, although spoiler some, alert! Some t- spoiler alert! Sometimes, sometimes that actually takes a dramatic turn. It does. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Kenny Myers, and with me, as always, is Matthew Anderson, the Matinator. <laughs> and thank you for listening. And maybe we'll see you in the dark zone. <laughs>